0: Hello friends, it's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, the down-to-earth guide to natural practices for healthier birds and a happier world. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, Just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I'm your host, Dahlia, also known as the president of Chickenlandia. I'm a backyard chicken educator that has found peace and joy in the chicken yard, and I want to help you find that too. So today I have a special interview for you with my friends from Carolina Coops, which is a company that I have been following for a very long time. They are friends of mine. They make the most amazing coops that you have ever seen. <laughs> I am I am serious. And I think you're going to love all the information they have to offer. They're just a wealth of information. Um, as always, this podcast was brought to you by my friends at my favorite Chicken and my friends at Small Pet Select. I'm going to leave a link to both of these amazing businesses in the show notes. But without further ado, let's listen to the interview. All right. So we have Matt DuBois. Am I pronouncing that correctly?
1: Thank you. Not many people pronounce it right, but you pronounced (laughs) it perfectly the way we pronounce it here in the States.
0: Yeah, I was totally going to say DuBois. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is technically the right but way to say But I was smart enough, block.
0: I asked Ingrid. I was like, okay, how, how am
2: I supposed to say this? <laughs> I spelled it out phonetically for her. Yes,
0: it was perfect. <laughs> and it was, so we have, Matt, you are the president and founder of Carolina Coops, which I like call to me. call the fanciest and most well-made chicken coops in the universe. Thank you. To my knowledge. Um, oh, no, the- <laughs>
1: it, it's a fact. Trust me. I make sure it's And I make sure it stays that way. <laughs>
0: And Ingrid, what is your official title at Carolina Coops? I am the marketing director.
2: Oh, cool! All around chicken person. (laughs) Anything that's online, anything that's needs—I don't know—anything. All Ingrid's official
1: title is to keep Matt out of trouble or say (laughs) something stupid. Yes, which is obviously why she's here. Because Ingrid's like, no, 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 I, I have to be there. Matt's going to say something he shouldn't say, so I got to keep him on track.
0: I was gonna say, like you keep Matt out of trouble. I do. But I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know. It's just too long for line? a title on my card. That's all.
2: <laughs> so we're just going with marketing director. <laughs>
0: great, great. Okay, so first of all, you know Matt. I think you probably know. I do. I totally want to talk about the work that you did in Mendocino County. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Carolina Coops because, of course, okay. we're also interested in in that. And I just. Was wondering what does Carolina Coops have an origin story? And if so, what is it?
1: Oh boy, an origin story. You mean like where it started, where it came yeah, from? Yeah, like it, how it, did it, how
0: was it born?
1: Yeah, so it's actually one of my favorite questions because I'm really proud of how it started. And technically, when it started, I didn't realize it was starting. Uh, it started, you know, if you really want to hear the quickest version, but the most accurate version is when I was in fifth grade. And I hated fifth grade. It was the worst year of my elementary years or school years. Had the worst teacher. She absolutely hated me. She despised me. I still don't know why, but whatever. And spring came around. She walked in in the morning. and She had this, you know, styrofoam cube and she had a carton of eggs. And for whatever reason, I was intrigued. And she told us, we're going to hatch these eggs into baby chicks. I'm like, that's magical. That's pretty cool. And so we started it and I just became obsessed, especially over the temperature, the humidity. And there was just that one morning. I'll never forget. I can still see it. Um, The humidity was off by like three, four percent. And I go over to the teacher and I'm pulling on. I'm like, it's off. It's off. I got to go get water, to put it in there. And she stopped me and she looked at me and I knew what she meant, but she just looked at me. She goes, Matt, where did you come from all of a sudden? (laughs) And I liked it because I was like, oh, I'm finally a good student. I'm doing something good for once. Yay. Look at me. And so I'll just never forget that. And then the baby chicks hatched and we had a very good successor. I think they all hatched and Friday came along and I want to say maybe we hatched 24 baby chicks.
2: That's a we, lot. The, yeah. That's room.
1: Yeah. The teacher asked uh, who would like to volunteer to be able to take the baby chicks home for the weekend and bring them back Monday morning. And of course I'm like, you know, raising my hand, jumping up and down. And there were, I think, four students that were picked to take them home over the weekend. And I was number four that was picked. And I'll never forget it. I'm sitting there and the teacher goes, Okay, Matt, you'll be number four. And all the kids are like, oh no, not Matt. He's gonna kill the chickens. They're never gonna come back alive. And I'm like Aww. giving them a middle finger in my mind, but I'm also excited, like, yay. Um so I talked, I brought the baby chicks home. And I remember how mad my dad was. He's like, stop bringing animals home. And I had the little walkie talkie <laughs> and I taped the button shut, put it down into the brooder so I could walk around anywhere and hear him chirping to make sure that everything was okay. And then brought him back Monday morning. I am the only of the four students that brought back any baby chicks alive, not to mention all my baby chicks were alive. Oh my gosh. Something happened. It like completed that wow, maybe I can be good at something. So I said, when I get older, I'm going to have some baby chicks. So fast forward to 2008, buy a house in the city of Durham, um, half an acre, I think is all we had. And I told Nan, my fiance that we're going to go get some baby chicks. She's like, are you crazy? We live in the city. I said, well, I'm, I'm told I'm crazy a lot. And that didn't phase me. So I went and got some, <laughs> I got two chickens. Then they were young adult hens. Young enough that they weren't laying yet, but I had no money. It's a recession, just moved, barely getting by, but I was an exterminator. So I had to go around to all these different businesses. And as I'm in my travels, I'm seeing these dumpsters and I started poking my head in the dumpsters and I found material in this case, wood. So I built my first chicken coop out of wood from a dumpster. And it turned out- Oh my gosh, re-
0: I love this story. Keep going. Well, thank,
1: thank you, thank you. I, I was getting a little worried. I'm like, I hope I'm not boring you. Oh um, no,
0: not at all. This is the perfect. best.
1: <laughs> awesome. So I built this little tiny chicken coop and we, still, we actually have the picture up here somewhere in our lobby or in our office down here in North Carolina now. Anyways, it turned out really well. Got two uh, young adult hens and they laid- maybe two, three weeks after I got them. And I'll never forget coming home from work. And I was always, I was running to the coop like a kid, you know, do I got eggs? And I'll never forget seeing the eggs there. And I'm like, holy cow. So I'm running. Now, this is how poor we were. We didn't even have a stove. So I had to run to the gas grill. that happened to have a little burner on the side. I went and got a frying pan. And I was like, I got to fry this eggs. I've been told about, you know, how good they taste and how beautiful they look, how different they're going to look as a fresh egg. And when I fried up that egg, ate it, sold. That's when chicken math kicked in for me. Like it was just, (laughs) it was instant. I was hooked. There's no going back. Through the stomach. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I said, I got to get more chickens. And I knew my little coop that I built really, you shouldn't have more than four chickens. So I wanted a bigger coop. Well, at the, at that time, I was also just learning about Craigslist and I was going to, I was pulling out more materials and I was building this much bigger, God, it might've been like six by eight hen house, right? No run, just a basic shed, if you will, into a chicken coop. And I posted, well, I remember I took pictures of the little tiny coop and I'm sitting there going, what do I do with it? And I thought, you know, maybe I should put on Craigslist. Maybe someone out there will want to buy it. And I I, I can remember it so well sitting there, my computer's on my coffee table going, this is embarrassing. Who? They're going to laugh at me posting this little tiny chicken coop. But I did it thank God I did because it sold in half an hour for two hundred bucks. I'll never forget back then two hundred bucks to me was it's probably what fed us that week yeah so I left the post up after it sold just to see how many more people would be interested in it and I got calls and I would tell them I'm sorry I just didn't take the post down yet but you know I was fishing to be honest and I had his lady call from Greenville North Carolina. And she goes, is that coop still available? I know. I'm sorry. I sold it. I said, I'm taking the post out. She goes, oh, that's all right. I want a bigger one anyways. I said, really? Let me send pictures to you of the coop I'm building now. It's much bigger. Houses probably 24 chickens, I think. And if you like it, I'll sell it to you. Took pictures, sent it to her, called her up. She goes, Matt, sold. And I sold it for $2,000. Oh my goodness. Couldn't tell you my next coop after that. And that was 15 years ago. And we have now shipped coops with our eyes closed all around this world.
0: Oh, that is amazing. I love that story. And I I relate with it so much. And I'm sure Ingrid does too, because, you know, there's just like, I think any like crazy chicken person there for all of us, there's like this moment where we're like, okay, this is it. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. I am sold, yep. you know? And I love that you go back to this whole story of, Being a kid and needing, you know, needing to be needing approval, needing acceptance, you know, feeling alienated. I mean, I think we all can relate with that. And somehow it just like comes back around to chickens. Like, yes, (laughs) because I feel the same way.
2: I'm sorry, Ingrid, what did you say? I said it always comes back to chickens.
0: It does everything. All roads <laughs> lead to chickens.
1: <laughs> you, and you know what's funny what we do now, and I can't take credit for this um one of our head sales girls, Kristen, who's also our chicken east, our chicken expert that does our uh live podcast every Friday noon Eastern. and she got in the habit of asking our customers what got you in the chickens? And I was like, gosh that's a good question, but you know whatever we got to get scooped on, we would hear the most amazing stories about what got them in the chickens and you wouldn't believe like we could do a podcast just on how did you get in the chickens? I'll never forget the one it's an awful story, but it's true where one of our customers, he had a chicken in college and it would sleep at the like roosting at the foot of his bed in his dorm room. And, I don't know if he lost the bat or whatever had to take care of this chicken and he fell in love with it. Well, he came home one day and his roommate cooked it up.
0: Oh my gosh. So, like I said,
1: it's a horrible story. It is a horrible story. Don't ever tell that story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too he late. said
1: uh, he wanted to always get chickens because he fell in love with having chickens. So I'll just it's stories like that, just it blows your mind. Yeah. How people get started.
0: Yeah, I I I love it. Um so, just I just want to talk a little bit about chicken coops, because obviously, I consider you guys experts on chicken coops. well, thank you, and I'm curious to know what you think the most important like if if someone was like okay matt ingrid i'm gonna I'm gonna build a chicken coop like what would you tell them, okay, these are the most important aspects that this coop needs to have?"
1: Oh, absolutely, So I always refer to my top four, and they're they are in order of importance. Number one is size. It's the biggest mistake you can make when building a chicken coop. you got to really do your research and understand what does that mean, size. And there's a whole nother conversation there that we'd love to have with people because it is so important. Number two is you really got to understand when you build the right size chicken coop. I call it the art of chicken coop building. It's not easy to make the perfect chicken coop there. You really got to understand what makes chickens happy. But why are we building a coop? And that is to actually protect the chicken at night. Um, and make it easy for you to get to the eggs. When you really think about it, that's it. And it's not that easy to have that perfect function of ventilation and functional windows. so You can open them, close them real easily, and they're still protected from predators. And then to make it real easy that anybody can get to the eggs, make sure you're encouraging the chicken's instincts to lay the eggs in there. So function is so important. And number three, you really got to make sure you're using the right choice of materials and, and know how to use them. One of my favorite examples is we see it all the time. You can build, you know, let's say the run. You're going to screen it off and you can use chain link fence, something a bear can't break. But if you use the wrong type of fasteners to the wood frame or the metal frame, it's going to fail. That's the weakest link in the chain. And a, thing, a mistake we see all the time is they use regular uh, zinc coated staples to attach the screen to pressure treated lumber. And people don't understand there are metals in the wood to preserve it. So living organisms can't destroy the wood, but yeah. a lot of metals don't get along with each other. So it'll rust, it'll corrode it. And that's why we use all stainless steel hardware and all you know stainless steel staples going in there. So it's just a quick example of something so little, but very, very important that you can make a huge mistake.
0: And now I'm sitting over here like, what kind of staples did I yeah, use? What
2: <laughs> I and then the fourth one, Matt, don't forget the fourth one. Oh, I'm
0: getting, I'm getting there. I'm, get, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I had a
1: crazy morning. I'm just now on my, believe it or not, my third cup of coffee, but. Um,
0: we can't tell.
1: Yeah. So you got size, <laughs> you got function, choice of material. So we're on our number four, which is my favorite, to be honest with you. And I remember this moment building that second coop I was talking about earlier. And that was why not make it beautiful? why not trim it out nice? Why not have something to show off? Where if you think about it, most people, when they're building coops, they're for chickens and chickens are the bottom of the totem pole on the farm, if you will. And they get what's left over. And it's like, why not make a chicken coop beautiful? So those are my top four things I say are an absolute must when designing and building your own chicken coop.
0: Well, that sounds like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
2: the funny thing is that those were the things that I was looking for when I was looking for my chicken coop, which is how I met Matt. Oh, wow. Yeah. mm. So when I moved to um, North Carolina, to Raleigh, we wanted, my husband and I wanted to get chickens. And I was looking for a coop that you could walk into that was big, that you could stand up, even though I'm really short. I still wanted people to be able to stand up. It doesn't have to be that tall. No, but I mean, (laughs) all right, so I'm five feet, but maybe like for other people, but I wanted it to be predator proof because I knew we had, you know, foxes and hawks and coyotes and all sorts of things. And I wanted it, I basically, I didn't even realize the function that came after, but I wanted it to look great because it was on the side of my house and I'm in the city limits and it's sits literally 15 feet from my sidewalk. I'm on a corner lot. So it has to be seen and, and. Um, I was looking for a coop and and sometimes I saw ones that looked like you could walk in. But if you noticed, there was like no people for scale next to them. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's something I on learned purpose. about. Like, yes, is this for exactly. hobbits?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is this for a child or for an adult? And I <laughs> happened on a video, one of the Matt's known for his videos on, um, we have a, a small, um, uh, retail chicken place called Urban Chicken here in Raleigh, and I saw on their Facebook page, I saw Matt's a video, and I said, I called my husband, i was like, "This is it, this is the coop we need, this is what we need." And yeah. Matt and Kristen came over, and and um, we got the coop, and they delivered it to my house, and um, I remember talking with Matt, and once I had the coop for like a day, because I, I didn't even have chickens, because I did it right, I got the coop first, and then I got like chickens, yeah. like pullets and little smaller chicks. We just could we were blown away about the functionality of the coop. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so thoughtful. Look at like the the egg hutch, it goes down and there's these removable dividers. And like I I thought the design was so well thought out for someone who's never had chickens before. This made everything easy. And I said to Matt, I said, and I was actually looking for a job and I was gonna take some time off, but I said to Matt, I was like, you know what? you need to hire me because I should have been able to find your coop much easier than I did. So clearly those those
1: are her exact words.
2: (laughs) That (laughs) was the interview. I basically convinced him to hire me in 2017.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It it didn't take much. Those were, I mean, she sold me. She's like, it should have been a lot easier. Okay. And here we are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good job because I've been seeing you guys everywhere. I see you guys everywhere. You know, I mean, I, I, I just happened to be on YouTube and I think I was like looking for, I was thinking about getting a new coop and I was looking and I, and I happened to see you guys, but I think at the time I was under the impression that you did not deliver where I was. And so I wanted to ask you to clarify that because Mm, you know, how you mentioned before that your coops were all over the world.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, We try to do everything we can to make sure when people come to our website or they see us on social media, watch us on YouTube, we are everywhere now. And I know that might be hard for people to believe, but it was one of the biggest things that we were able to accomplish to be successful, to be able to provide, which I guess you can almost say is my mission statement. My goal has been that I want to offer the best scoop for the best price to anyone on this planet. And... One of the biggest parts that we had to figure out is how in the world do you take a coop that needs to be the right size? You know, and our most common size is a footprint of six by 12 with a four by six hen house. How are you going to ship it to Australia? How are you going to ship it to New Zealand or, or Sweden, wherever? And how to break it down, fit on a four by six pallet, and make sure it can get there safely and make sure the customer can put it back together. So, we 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 have mastered it. Looking back, I, I often think, I'm like, well, how in the world did it take me so long to figure this out? And this, <laughs> a lot of the solutions were so simple, but we just had to go through it. And yeah. that is a huge reason why we are able to ship our coops anywhere. And we also travel. I have two road crews that travel full time all around the United States up into Canada doing turnkey coops for people that do have it in their budget and they don't have the time to put their coop together. They love our road crew team. They don't. A lot of times they won't let us leave. Like, can you go fix my toilet? Can you fix this cabinet? You know, they just, they love us because we are a one-stop shop, you know, and we are, we are really big on customer service. You treat every customer as if they're your last. And I'm so proud of my team, uh, not just the road crew, but even everyone in the shop. We have visitors that come all the time now to our shop to pick up hemp or or whatever the case be. And they're just in awe of the customer service.
0: That's great. That's a good, good to hear. So you have Coops that will arrive like partially built d- mm-hmm. to people's homes, and then they yeah. they can put them together,
1: yes. so we panel right now, we panelize them. We do really eighty percent of the coop building, and they just got to do the remaining twenty percent, which is just screwing the walls together and putting on the metal roof. Uh, I make it sound easy. Uh, you it, you got to give yourself a weekend or depending on your skill level, but, it is a large chicken coop, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And we have made it so that anyone can put our coop together. And what's really funny is I, I, I pause for a second there because there are some people that may not have experience using a screw gun or a hammer, but I like to challenge people. I'm like, listen. We have worked so hard. Like our roofing system, for example, is notched like a Lincoln log set. And that allows you to put our roof together where you don't have to be a roofer. You don't have to break out a tape measure. Just follow our instructions. And what's funny is when I get calls from people are going to beat me up right now, but it's fine. It's true. They're like, Matt, I'm an engineer. I could put anything together. I'm like, "Okay, great. Here we go. The engineers think they know everything. They start skipping pages and they, they like, oh, how smart can a chick coop company be? Whatever. They screw it all up. And I can have the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, or retired people that drove a bus for a living that have no problem putting it together. Hopefully that makes sense. Yes. So we we just, we really work hard to make it so that anyone could put the coop together. And what I love about that, how many times we hear back from the people, even though we did 80% of the work, they're thankful for it when, when they get done, but they still had that experience to get out there and Use some tools you never use. Get out there with your kids and then hammer some nails. Get out in the sunshine so you get that experience putting our coops together.
2: And yeah, everything I, is everything is pre-drilled and labeled. So just I wanted to just put that out there. So it's not it's not that you have to drill the holes in. Everything is given to you and and labeled, and so it makes it easier.
1: It's very similar. I hear this a lot, that it's like buying a piece of furniture from Ikea, just a lot
0: better. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't know if I should say that either. <laughs> you need, yeah, you, you definitely
2: need more than an Allen wrench, though. <laughs> you
1: absolutely do. I mean, you need a screw gun and a hammer, and pretty soon we might be adding to that, which is going to benefit the customer, but that's a whole other story. But there is no such thing as a cheap chicken coop. You don't want a cheap chicken coop. Uh, it's That's a chicken coffin. It, you want something that's going to take some time to put together. But again, we have solved the problems that a lot of people don't realize comes with building a chicken coop. And that again, I refer to the art of chicken coop building. When you try to figure out the perfect function, it's not easy because there's a domino effect, especially when you incorporate in all of our coops, whether it's a production coop or a custom coop, the deep litter system. You yeah. know, it's one of the best parts of our chicken coop that you can go over a year without having to clean it out. Yeah, And we incorporate that in all our chicken coops.
0: Yeah, I think what's a real plus, you know, I have – I have some health stuff and uh, so much, like a few months ago, I posted about, about, you know, the challenges that I come up against having chickens and having, needed to take care of them. And then some days waking up and not feeling like I want to get out of bed because I just don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And when I posted that video, I was shocked. I, because the response there, there were just so many people that could relate to what I was saying. And they were like, yeah, like uh, I also have chronic issues. And so one of the things that I tell people is you really want your coop to be as user-friendly as possible because you just never know w- you know what can happen. And I I don't want to be like all doomsday to people, but the easy the more user-friendly it is the better it will be if you want to go out of town for a little while and somebody else needs to take care of the coop. Or if you have a family emergency or you have, you know, some decreased mobility, you want it to be just super easy so that you can keep your chickens, which I think is a, is an important part of just overall health is having that experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and we have checked, I would like to think almost every single box you can think of when it, when people are on the fence, should I get chickens or not? And one of the things that we've learned from people that are on the fence, they're like, well, I do like to travel. I'm like, okay, no problem. Our coop is designed so you can leave your chickens. And if you want to have your neighbor come over and, and just do a once over on the feed, do a once over on the water and collect the eggs. It's not a problem at all because they don't have to walk into the run. They have access to everything from the outside. You know, so again, just that part alone could be what makes all the difference for someone that's thinking about getting into this wonderful hobby. And we've checked that box, and there's so many other boxes we've checked. You know, Ingrid was talking earlier about, you know, all the things that we have thought of and thought through. There's a lot more than I think a lot of people think that are in getting into this hobby and looking to build their own coops. And this is why we'd love to do our show every week because I always tell people if you're not going to buy one of my coops, learn from our videos. Remember what did a chicken do before coops were invented and get out there and build your own, you know, but it's, it's not as easy as people think.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I want to get into the work that you did in Mendocino County. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me, can you tell my audience what I'm referring to?
1: Oh, absolutely. So we, gosh, and Inger, you might have to help me with timelines, but basically Mm -hmm. we were contacted I need a minute to think about all this. Okay. We were contacted, what, maybe two years ago from a nonprofit organization
2: mm-hmm, called Unconditional oh Freedom. Thank
1: you. Call, God, I feel so yeah, embarrassed. So I they, remember. They,
2: That's okay. So they reached out to me about a program that they have, which is um, where they – it's a wonderful organization. And they, um, they build um, – It was a kind of a whole little community. It was a garden and a coop and stuff within a county jail. Mm -hmm. And the inmates start, you know, are involved in building it. And so I approached it and Matt's like, this is great. Like he he just immediately knew it was a great project. But go ahead, Matt. I think. Right.
1: So unconditional freedom. So they contacted us. Ingrid's like, oh, uh, whatever. And so I'm reading it and going, I love this. I love it because I can relate to what they're offering. Yes. And I'm a big believer in it. I'm a big believer that we all, if we could all just give a little bit more than we take every day, what a difference we can make. And we're all going to be able to give a little bit, something different every day, which I think is also good. I, when I was an exterminator, I had a lot of prisons that were my customer and I got to see a lot of the, the good, bad and the ugly inside those walls. It's not pretty. And so many times I'm like, this is awful. It is awful. And you know, these people in prison, they go in there and a lot of times they come out a smarter criminal and that's not okay, but you know what? They're still in there learning something. And what I love about unconditional freedom is doing in this case with Mendocino County um, with Sheriff Kendall out there in California is why not take, which most prisons have a lot of land instead of just growing grass and mowing it every day. Why not utilize that for something? In this case, they're doing it with farming. And they are incorporating gardening, bees, and in this case, a chicken coop. So they contacted us and said, Matt, would you be willing to donate a chicken coop to this jail out in California for this cause? And I said, not only will I do that, I will be there and I want to work side by side with them putting it together. And that's exactly what happened. When I got out there and we have a great video uh, that, uh, in, um, Unconditional freedom did on the whole story. Yeah,
0: And I I will link that. I'll link that in the show notes for my listeners.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome because I sat there with Sheriff Kendall and I was so happy to hear what he has to say. And it was just, he said, Matt, you know, most of these inmates are going to get out, which, you know, we want them to go out and be better, but we're not doing a good job with the way we're incarcerating them here. The prisoners got to actually experience love. It's really that simple. Yeah. And when you think about it, most people that ended up in prison is because they didn't have that opportunity to experience love. And I don't mean someone's going to spoil them this and that. I don't mean that. It's the tough love. It's the things that parents should do to make sure they make good decisions. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the way we're going, a lot of these children don't have that. So they make bad decisions. So but it's never too late. And when we had an opportunity to ship a coop out there, meet the inmates that came out into the yard, surrounded by razor wire, we got to put this coop together and it all just disappeared. You forgot you were in the jail. And to see the tears coming from the inmates when we would talk and and reflect on the day when it came to an end and you could see what it meant to them. They couldn't hide it. And I was so thankful to be able to be a part of that, to give back a little something that I truly believe in because we I want to be part of the solution. And what's really funny, not funny, but I, I don't know if you call it a, a, a metaphor. They already had their chickens inside this little tiny chicken coop. And yeah. the the inmates could relate that these chickens need to be in a bigger, they need to be out and free and they weren't yet. And they can relate because, you know, but at the end of the day, they're going back to that jail cell. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was just a wonderful experience. And I am thankful to say that more and more organizations are catching on and realizing we could do things better inside these jails and prisons.
0: Oh, I can't tell you how much I agree with you. I, you know, I many, many years ago worked with incarcerated youth So when I see, and I have done some volunteering at the Monroe prison, but you know, when I see the prisoners, I, I know that a lot of the kids I worked with, that's where they ended up. Yeah. And I think there's this idea where people are like, well, they're, you know, they're, they're in jail. They're supposed to be suffering, you know, (laughs) and I try to I try to make people understand. Like, okay, I I, I understand what you're saying, um, but these people are going to go out into society. And how do you want them to go out into society? Do you want them to exactly. go out with more trauma, and and you know, in, enacting that trauma on on innocent people, or do you want them to change? Do you exactly you believe in redemption? And I yes. really believe in redemption. Absolutely. And so they I just it. thought, you know, when I saw that, I saw the video, uh, on Instagram, the, fir- I think, I think I saw it on Instagram for the first time and I was like, oh my gosh. And I, you know, I think I sent an email to Ingrid immediately and I was like, I want to be involved in this. So I don't know if you're like still, <laughs> still doing it or what's going on, but there just remember, actually, tell them my name, you know,
2: <laughs> there is another prison in Ken- Kentucky, I Kentucky, believe. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are also doing, they saw that video um, and they want to do the same thing. They are another Ooh, one where they, um, and I can hook you up there where we have to have like a meeting with um, Unconditional Freedom and I could be happy to bring you in on that if you would like.
0: And, yeah. Even um, if it's just sending some books or something, you mm-hmm. know, for their library or whatever, or giving some, giving a book to the prisoners that participate yeah. in it. I just would love to be involved in it because I think it's just such a great program. So, so many of the
2: prisoners too, there said that they want, when they got out, they wanted to get chickens. I know. You know. Which is just, you know, they really, they really saw these, you know, animals that are really transformative. You don't realize that chickens have so much personality. You don't realize that chickens are so therapeutic to watch. You don't, you don't, until you experience that, I don't think you realize that. And the other thing that Matt didn't mention was that the sheriff, Matt Kendall, one of the reasons why they reached out to us is like he's like this huge Matt fan. He's like this huge, like following his YouTube channel. So he was so like he's like, you got to contact Carolina Coops. Now, the sheriff is very handy and built his own coop modeled after a Carolina coop. and. You know, I think he was like he was I think there was like a mutual admiration there. I think the sheriff oh, was like great. super excited to to be sitting with Matt and Matt just was thought that this guy was the greatest guy. And so, great yeah, you
1: thing. know what, Ingrid, you are right. I forgot to mention that. Um he I'll never forget him saying when he came into that room that we met at for that initial interview. He told me, he's like, I feel like a little school girl. I can't believe I'm in your presence. I'm such a huge fan of yours. <laughs> and here I'm like just blown away. But yet it, again, it resells to me why I love what we do and how important chickens can be, especially if they're utilized the right way. And the other thing that I forgot to mention, and you'll see this in the video, the sheriff, very busy man, especially in California, yeah. um, took time a lot to come out in his civilian clothes put on his tool belt and work side by side with us. I saw I, that. I, 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 I even kept, I'm, I'm a very sentimental person. It's right there. I can grab it, but um, I so have this. He's his...
0: pointing at a, he's pointing at a picture of the, I, th- I think it's a picture nope, of the nope, sheriff nope, working on nope, the coup. No,
1: no, e- even better. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. That's <laughs> no. I can grab it. Um, oh, actually I got two things. I am such a weirdo when it comes to things that I'm sentimental apart, but um I know your listeners won't see this, but what I am holding is Sheriff Kendall's pencil he was using to help us put a coop together with his very teeth marks in it. I had to (laughs) smuggle this out of there, and I did it. And when we did a show with uh, Sheriff Kendall, I said, I got to. Um, I got something that say, you know, a confession, he's like, mm. I, said, I kept your pencil, and he laughed. and <laughs> I even kept a pen that the prisoners had to use, so I had to smuggle this out too, so i don't I don't want to get in trouble. but I just you know <laughs>
0: you're smuggling things out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in yeah, right?
1: Um, so it, it just I, I keep it right up on my thing of all my sentimental things, and yeah, just great people. the sheriff is excellent. and again, unconditional freedom they do a lot for this cause. And I don't know how much that they actually show off what they do as far as behind the scenes. I got to experience that. They let me stay at their camp where they all live. And it was just an amazing experience.
0: Wow. Yeah. It seemed amazing. And I was so impressed with the sheriff because I got to tell you, having worked in that arena, Um, I think he is an exception. Honestly, he really is. I wish, I wish he wasn't, but I, and I know that there's so many good people, you know, working in that industry that have the best intentions, but it is, it's a, it's such a difficult arena to be in. And it, there's people that go in it, into it for the wrong reasons and then there's also people that go into it and become so affected by just the hopelessness of of the environment that they that they kind of become disillusioned and they lose the reason why they were there to begin with to, so to hear him giving such humanity to the the those that were incarcerated there and believing in their redemption and wanting them to go out and be better citizens it was just so refreshing to me. So I give a lot of kudos to him for the work he's doing.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And then when you really think about it, it's how it should be. Yes. You know, they're serving their time, but you know, us taxpayers are paying for it. They're paying for it being on the inside and you don't want them coming out a smarter criminal. You want them coming out, realizing they are worth something and they have value to give now. And that's what. We just talked about it at the end of every day. Unconditional freedom was there and we would sit down and none of this got caught on camera, I wish it would have, to have you know a, a conversation in a circle, just reflecting on the day, what did this mean to us? And there were good conversations, there were some tough conversations, and it was just absolutely amazing. And I kept telling myself how much I learned from it and how much I needed it, to be honest with you. And again, that's just how it should be. And there's no reason why we couldn't do this more, uh, have, you know, larger programs where you you get them out there and doing things they never even knew existed, you know. Yes, from.
0: Um, I, there's a program called growing veterans in Bellingham and I have done some work with them as chickenlandia and it's not, you know, obviously this is not a, a program for incarcerated people. These are people that are veterans and they, you know, many of them suffer from, uh, PTSD or other issues. And it is amazing just What working with, you know, working physically, working with the ground, working with nature, it's amazing what that can do to heal somebody. Oh, absolutely. And I would, I, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I would say that there's probably plenty, you know, it's very likely that most of the people that are incarcerated for one reason or another have trauma that they need to deal with.
1: Huge Mm -hmm. trauma. And it's one of the best ways to heal, yeah, right from the soil, absolutely. And that's why I mentioned the very beginning, a lot of that trauma was lack of love or feeling, and then they they begin to believe they're not worth being loved. yeah, it, it's awful. And I've had those conversations, and I'm so grateful that I had the upbringing. I did when you hear about how horrible their childhood was from abuse that is something that I can't even imagine. Yeah. How do you recover from that? But they 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 can and they want to. They just need someone to say, hey, let's get out there and let's yeah. let's grow some seeds. Let's get our hands dirty. Give them some trust and have them see something else grow, whether it's a tomato plant to a chicken. It does something to you, it, it, and and it just makes sense.
0: I bet it's just wonderful watching some of them fall in love with the chickens, because you know some of them are going to end up crazy chicken man. You know, oh, absolutely, <laughs>
1: probably every single one of them will. You know, and the, and the other thing too I wanted to mention is it didn't get this part didn't get a lot of camera time, but it was there was even women that came out that mm. worked on the chicken coop. Now the, the men and women were not allowed to work together. Yeah. Uh, but I had, you know, they were there as well. And we just, again, had so much fun with them. And it was the same exact thing where they were just like, this is awesome. You know, and there is always this little competition to who can do something better, the men or the women, or who's going to get what done by the end of the day. And, you know, we still had to have a lot of structure. And I was very impressed uh, with the women that, you know, picked up tools and just got right after it. And I was a little intimidated because I didn't know what to think. And they were just, just great people. And it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you got to have that experience. And I look forward to hearing about if you do it again in in Kentucky, I think uh, that would be amazing. And we're just about to wrap it up, but I have decided that because I started doing these interviews and I decided to ask, um, everybody one question and i don't even know i might have gotten this from radio chicken i can't remember (laughs) you may have asked me this question (laughs) Remember, or -hmm. video chicken it's video chicken on youtube and radio chicken on yeah
2: as a podcast yeah
0: Yeah. so uh if okay so we'll start with matt matt if you could be any kind of chicken what kind (laughs) of chicken would you be
1: I don't think you got that question from me, but I can okay. that is a great question. If we could be a chicken, gosh, definitely not a silky. I can tell you that. <laughs> I do not want to be a silky. I don't want to be a Polish. Um, I, I guess immediately I think of my favorite chicken, which is a silver lace coaching. I just I I they're all I think around the
0: beard. A, the beard is kind of, you know, it's like <laughs> kind of silver laced.
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny is I'm a very great guy, but I love things that are black and white and silver lace are, they're black and white and they're booted and they're just beautiful chickens. You don't see them very often. You'll see your silver lace dots and things like that, but it's a silver lace coach. And if I had to be a chicken, I think I'm going to, that's my fun. Fi- yeah. I'm going to stick to that one. That's my this final, your final
0: answer. answer?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Ingrid. Well, I feel like if I was a chicken, I'd probably be like a tiny Bantam has to constantly like get out of people's way and move or maneuver. But if I was in my fantasy, if I wanted to be a chicken, I think I would probably want to be um an Orpington. I just feel like they're super friendly. They're very maternal. They're um they're not they're not too noisy, but they're they're just a good all around chicken. Just noisy
0: enough to just get just what they enough. need. <laughs>
2: exactly. They just, um, yeah, they're just, they're, they're just a delightful, like they're, I always say they're like the golden retriever of the chicken world. because That is they're,
0: true. They're, they yeah. just, <laughs> are. They totally are.
2: They tend to be super friendly. And so, um, you know, and they're kind of favored. So like, I feel like every flock should have one. Although I also feel like they should have a bard rock as well. But I think the, the, the buff Orpington, or any Orpington really would yes. be if I was going to be a chicken.
0: Great answer. Great answer. (laughs) I love it. So where can my audience find out more about Carolina Coops?
1: CarolinaCoops.com.
0: Yeah, we can can
1: start right at the website. We got our YouTube channel, which I'm I'm assuming if you just search Carolina Coops and I do want to put something out there. Okay. That this is just, I, I, you know, people tell me, you know, the copying is the best form of flattery and this and that it is getting ugly out there. There are people That are even stealing our logo, stealing our name, pretending. Oh, yeah, it's ugly.
2: And our photos. Not these photos. Chicken people.
1: It is nuts. (laughs) Um, Portraying themselves as Carolina Coops. That and, is crazy. Yes, and we have been getting a lot of calls. Like, oh, I bought planes from you, and I never got them. This and that. We're like, <gasps> yeah. we don't. You know, yeah, wh- they're scamming
2: people. Is what they're doing. They're not. They're not like oh chicken people gosh. trying to. These are just people that are scamming people, and they're get, taking money for hemp that they don't send. They're taking money because we sell all our accessories and stuff. Um, they're actually taking. They take pictures from um, Matt with a coop that was on fixer to fabulous on hgtv like they're taking pictures of the coops and and saying like you know these are these have been on tv like everyone knows that we did this and stuff so it's just very it's it's very sad because we don't the last thing we want is for people to think that that's us
0: Yeah, they are. I'm so sorry you're having to deal with that. Yeah.
1: yeah, You know, and and we're going to deal with it and we are dealing with it and we're going to outsmart them and outwork them. And and they're just outright scam artists. So it really upsets me that they're doing this to people and they don't know any different. So I just want to warn everyone out there. uh, The best way to find us is carolinacoops.com. And we do have our social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram, a little bit on TikTok. And, um, of course, our YouTube channel, which has become very, very popular. And my favorite way is when people just call. We love customer service. And I have maybe, gosh, eight people ready to answer the phones. And they're on the phones all day talking to customers. And, you know, whether you want accessories, the industrial hemp, rope wrap, roost bars have become real popular. Or you're interested in a chicken coop. You know, the best way is to just go to our website or give us a call.
2: And we do our show every, almost every Friday at noon Eastern, we live stream um, where we can ask questions in real time and get them answered.
1: um, Yes. Which you are, we were going to have you back on soon, right? Yes.
0: Yes. By the time this airs, it will, it will have already aired, but I'm supposed to come on. I think I'm supposed to come on tomorrow. Yes. Oh. March 24th. Yes.
2: Sweet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> tomorrow is going to be a real interesting show. I can't give away what we're going to do, but it has a little bit to do with what we were just talking about. And uh, I'm I haven't been on uh, video chicken what three weeks now. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to get back in the back in the chair, yeah. get back in the studio. So I look forward to that. What are we going to talk about tomorrow?
2: Um, Dali's book. I
1: am so jealous. Yes, I want to write a book. Um, Yeah, we get to talk about your book, plug your book. I believe we have that in our possession. There it is right there. Look at that. I am so jealous. So I can't wait. Yeah, we'll have to dive into that and look at, it. I yep. haven't had to just read it yet or anything like that. So hopefully that's okay.
0: Can... It just came out. So yep. nice. That
1: is and just awesome. getting out there. Yep. Good for thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, it has been absolutely delightful as usual. Speaking to you, Matt and Ingrid, thank you so much for being on Bok Talk. <laughs> thank you. And, you know, I look forward to chatting with you guys again.
1: Yes. Yep. And thank you. And it's our pleasure. Thanks. Thank
0: you, Dahlia. Thank you so much for joining us for this interview today. Thank you to my co-producer, Kelsey Paulis, also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it. And also remember, you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll
1: see you next time.
2: Bye.